Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the 8th Annual UTH Award Show here for 2023. I am Chad Parsons, and this is where we hand out the hardware for uh, last fantasy season in our rearview mirror. It's also a a way to commemorate uh, what everyone has done, plus a reminder that we're looking ahead to the offseason. So UTH content is in full offseason mode this week. uh, In the next five to seven days, it's about scrubbing things for the rankings. I will say the quarterback position, as you listen to this, is already complete, working on running back hard, and hope to get everything done by the end of this week uth trade calculator will be up to date after that rookie scrubbing and getting everything ready for the debut of the big board trade calculator will be updated there here in the opening week or so of january so we are going full force towards startups trading and getting ourselves ready for a repeat a better season uh, and everything that we want to achieve with our dynasty teams and portfolio in 2024 as well let's get started 2023 uth awards As always, we go by position here, and at the end, we have an overall MVP. So that's going to be someone that every player can only win one award. So if you don't hear a big name, they might be up for the overall MVP or things like I will always love you award at the end. So let's get started. Quarterback MVP. So this can be someone that's a huge riser, a value play, someone that positively affected the results for Dynasty teams this year. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. 30 points per game, and he was QB1 by a full five points per game over the final month of the season. He was QB5 on the season, so that's not bad on an overall aspect either. And how about this? 25% of his games were 30 plus points, second to only Dak Prescott in that ratio. He came up big in the biggest spots, 35 points in week 14 if you needed to clinch down a bye week or clinch a playoff spot. And then how about 41 points in week 17 to win the title? Quarterback bust for 2023. That's someone who's a big faller, a disappointment, someone that negatively affected your results. Trevor Lawrence. They added Calvin Ridley. They got a big season from Evan Ingram. Travis Etienne was healthy all year. Just 33% of Trevor Lawrence's games were 20-plus points. That was 26th in the NFL. And 7% of his games were 30-plus. That means he wasn't providing much impact with his games, and he was sucking you in. He was a major uh, breakout player after last year, rising uh, from the ashes of Urban Meyer to have a quality season. But he ended up falling back playing through injury a couple different times, but the high upside is just not there. At this point, the future ceiling is an absolute question mark with the Trevor Lawrence profile. Better NFL quarterback than fantasy quarterback is the mantra here. Quarterback sleeper. So who came from deep for impact, maybe from the waiver wire, someone that was outside the top 20, 25 in terms of valuation as we came into the season. Can this be anyone but Joe Flacco? 
five games he played at the end of the season, four or five with 20 plus points. He was quarterback three in raw points per game on the season, regardless of games played. All five games he played, he had multiple touchdown passes. He came from the waiver wire, basically in every league, to boost playoff teams down the stretch. And with all the carnage at the quarterback position, Joe Flacco could absolutely have made the difference whether you needed a QB1 at the time or a QB2 for your super flex lineups. On to running back. Who is the MVP here? I'm going with Kieran Williams. He played 12 games. Nine of those games, he had 16 plus points. And five, he had 25 plus points. Let's remember and go back in time to week one. He was the backup to Cam Akers. Akers ends up leaving. Uh, He was inefficient in uh, week one. And also he was one that was halfway out the door a year ago. Kieran Williams ran with the job and had the the lead gig after his injury in the midseason zone as well. He was running back two in points per game and four points per game clear of running back three. Running back bust of the year, and this one's close to my heart. I believe at some point I gave this to, uh, I will always love you. And I will always love you, Alexander Madison, but you are an absolute running back bust in 2023. Of the starting running backs uh, that played, I mean, it was an un- abject disaster. Running back 41 in points per game. He had 13 straight games as the clear starter before an injury hit, and then Ty Chandler ran with the job. 17 points was Madison's game high, and only two of 13 games did he have more than 13 points. And how about this? More than half of his games, as the clear-cut starter for the Vikings, he had fewer than 10 points. Zero rushing touchdowns didn't help, but he was not a productive option this year. And this after a long wait behind Dalvin Cook to gain the lead job. It was a long time coming, and 2023 was an abject disaster for running back bust Alexander Madison. Running back sleeper, Devon Achan, late first round rookie pick in a lot of occasions, uh, fell, quote unquote, in the NFL draft, but he goes to the perfect situation in Miami. Speed kills when it's used right, and he absolutely was. He never, he, ne- he didn't have very many games where he was the, actually the lead back in terms of market share with Raheem Mostert healthy for almost the entire season. However, Devon Achan was running back five in points per game. He was active for 10 games this season. How about five of them? Half of his games were 20 plus points, including a 50 point explosion. He had 23 points as well in the title week with a clarified start. You had no qualms with putting him in your lineup. Raheem Mostert was inactive. Time to move over to wide receiver and the MVP, C.D. Lamb. He was wide receiver two on the season to Tyreek Hill, but... 26 points per game to 14 points per game over the final month of the season over Tyreek Hill. So a huge gap in the biggest games of the season. C.D. Lamb was a monster. Lamb with 25 and 41 points over the final two weeks. Wide receiver bust of the season. Quentin Johnston, wide receiver 85 in points per game. And this was with Mike Williams out for most of the season. Josh Palmer missed time. Keenan Allen as well. He had one game of more than 52 yards, minimal splash moments, two touchdowns, and he's on the bus track for yards per route run. Chargers were a disaster. However, Quentin Johnson, if if I had told you, especially with his profile, round one pedigree, attachment to Justin Herbert, and all those injuries around him, you would have thought his wide receiver 85 would have been cut in half at a minimum for at least that stretch with those guys missing time. But Quentin Johnston has been a horrific year one outcome here on the supposedly really good chargers that are going to see a ton of changeover in the offseason. 
Wide receiver sleeper, Puka Nakua. Wide receiver six over the final month, wide receiver seven in points per game on the season. Seven of 16 games, nearly half with 20 plus points. And this was Cooper Cup active after the opening month of the year. He came from round four or even UDFA in rookie drafts back in May. Plus, he has day three pedigree, came in right away, showed his stuff in the opening month of the season, a dominant efficiency season, a dominant production season, and all of this from minimal pedigree. Tight end MVP, David Njoku. 22 points per game over the final month, three points per game clear of the second best tight end, who was Hunter Henry, and few would have started him down the stretch of the season anyway. 16 points per game in every game, and 26 plus in two of those final four games. Over the final 11 games, David Njoku with only one game in the single digits. He was a truly significant producer with a ceiling and also uh, reducing his floor there uh, compared to all the other tight ends and really a rising Phoenix player, especially in those premium formats. Tight end bust at Fryermuth. It's a crowded passing game without much of a ceiling that we saw for Pittsburgh overall. Tight end 29 in points per game. He missed five games. Two of 11 games he played had more than seven points. Two touchdowns total, nine yards per catch. Both of his quote-unquote big games came after one reception outings, so it's possible or likely you missed even his two good games as well for a truly frustrating season for the third-year tight end. Tight end sleeper, Sam Laporta. Tight end three in points per game, and this is with TJ Hawkinson, no splash games down the final month of the season, plus he missed week 17. Travis Kelsey, three dud games in a row to finish the season. Sam Laporta was one of the few bankable starts to end the season. Plus, he had two 28-plus point games over the final five weeks. This as a rookie tight end, and this going to an offense already with Jameer Gibbs added, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams as a round one pedigree, a lot of competition for targets, and Sam Laporta, for many moments this year, said, I am the captain now. Finally, we have the overall MVP for the traditional awards, Christian McCaffrey. He was the running back one on the season by seven points per game over running back three, who was Alvin Kamara, and Kamara missed three games. Also, he was three points per game better than Kieran Williams, and he missed four games. Christian McCaffrey was healthy all season on a dominant offense, and he essentially played a half in week 17 with his lone demerit. He still scored 13.1 points in that half of a game. So it was not a train wreck outcome. And he absolutely was a driver to you getting a bye, making the playoffs, and ultimately winning a title. Finally, I will always love you award. This has gone to a number of players over the years. Mike Evans, I remember fondly, Amari Cooper, and others. Uh, This is maybe they didn't have the best year in 2023, but maybe they did. But through thick and thin, you will always love them. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. And here's here's my homage. Here's my message to you, Patrick. Don't let all the hate drop passes around you. Travis Kelsey slowing down and or playing through an injury, which I think we'll find out about in the coming weeks or months. Your franchise whiffing on a boatload of picks, notably guys like Clyde Edwards Lair and Sky Moore on your offense get you down. You finished as the QB8 in adjusted points per game when almost every other quarterback on the planet would circle the drain and finish at QB20 plus in your situation. You have the second most top six seasons among active quarterbacks, yet are only seven years into your Hall of Fame career. Your QB8 finish in a catastrophic year is better than the career best finish to a Tagovailoa and Trevor Lawrence notably. 
and honestly, likely better than they will ever, ever, ever finish. You have finished as the QB1 overall three times in the past six years. Things will get better. The good news is you are likely available at 103 in plenty of startup drafts this offseason for us to gobble up more shares. You are more accessible in dynasty trading than ever before. You are a cornerstone and highly insulated dynasty asset who will fuel plenty of titles over the next decade. I will always love you. Final update to the UTH best ball contest as the season is complete through 17 weeks. And in week 17, we have a repeat uh, weekly champion, Matt Kreuzer. He scored 254 points. I finished second on the week, but Matt took me down. And what a dominant uh, finish of the year for Matt finishing well in the contest. Twice in five weeks, he finished as the number one option. He finished uh, around 10 overall on the season. It was not enough, uh, but he finished with a flurry here. And Matt's roster, he had Jordan Love, monster game, four total touchdowns, over 35 points in this contest. Juwan Johnson coming from the ether with a big game. He had Sam Laporta. He had Trey McBride for volume in this two tight end with premium formats uh, and scoring there. Another big game out of George Pickens down the stretch of this season. Touchdowns from Brandon Cooks. Good game out of Elijah Moore coming off the bench. Isaiah Pacheco was healthy for Matt here in the closing stretch. The perfect week as he had a number of players that were injured or out, used almost everyone he had in the holster to produce his 254 points. So congratulations, Matt. And again, for someone that did not finish, actually the top two finishers in the contest did not have a top week in the contest on the season. And this is something that I, it's a, it's tough to take down these contests. We build them in early September before week one, there are no adjustments made and it was down to the wire in the final two or three weeks, but Yours truly, Chad Parsons, took down his own contest, finally. Katie Flower has won it. Uh, A number of UTH subscribers have taken it down. And the challenge uh, and the the, uh, game is essentially, A, win the contest, but B, can you beat all of us? Can you beat myself, Katie Flower, Jordan McNamara, Tim Torch on and, you know, in the contest? Uh, Katie Flower was in the top 10 at moments ended up finishing outside the top 10, but I was rising as we were going through the season and ended up winning by about 30 points over Tim. Uh, Tim was a huge challenger. He led this contest for swaths of the year. And some of the notables here, I built a uh, quarterback by committee. Um, A lot of times you take the stud uh, quarterback in this contest for the salary cap. It doesn't pay off. Uh, So I had Brock Purdy and Jordan Love. uh, So those worked out really well. And uh, Sam Howell was the other one I took a shot on. He was productive, especially early part of the season. Uh, One thing I noticed, though, is just health. You know, I didn't really have anybody that was out for the season uh, critically. Uh, at the running back position, I went with uh, the, the running backs uh, at the rookies, uh, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Notably, um, I added Raheem Mostert. So again, got a lot of stuff right. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while in this contest. Uh, I had a bunch of backups that honestly didn't really pay off that much. Rico Dowdle didn't end up getting starts that much. Uh, Jamal Williams, not really a factor there. Joshua Kelly and eh, Clyde Rizalaire, not so much. Uh, so it really was those three big boys, A, staying healthy and B, being productive. Uh, the wide receiver core, I got Brandon Ayuk correct. And Nico Collins was uh, a rising guy that, again, let's fat, rewind to August. And he was definitely not as projected as he was now. Who knew that CJ Stroud was going to feel 
fuel that production. Hukunakua, uh, as we got more tea leaves heading into week one, Hukunakua was rising and definitely worth the cost, minimal cost that he was for the salary cap. He was an easy button uh, play in this contest. Brandon Cooks was another one. Then I took just a bunch of shots. Guys like Tutu Atwell found my lineup a little bit. KJ Osborne, uh, Trey Palmer, Michael Wilson, some rookies that were going to see some playing time from deep. Uh, So they worked out. Marvin Mims, not so much. At the tight end position, just a bunch of guys. Jake Ferguson was my big play. Juwan Johnson came through this final week. Kate Otten, I knew was going to have a job. Tyler Higby was going to have a job. And then Noah Gray, I was like, well, if there's an injury to, uh, to Travis Kelsey, maybe I'll get a few starts out of him. And then finally, Durham Smythe where I really thought he would produce much better. Uh, he did in this contest with the premium scoring have a few 10-plus point games. But uh, man, uh, for a guy that was out there so much and on a quality Miami offense, expected a lot better out of you, Durham Smythe. I'm almost talking about how it's, uh, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, thanks so much to all the UTH subscribers, super fans and listeners for being in the best ball contest. Uh, stay tuned in the off season. Usually it comes around in Uh, I have a promo in April slash May to join UTH Patreon, and that's a way for you to fast track your way into the best ball contest. And then we'll have shout outs during the summer. Uh, If you want to earn a spot into the contest, we usually have somewhere between 70 and 100 entrants. And again, it's a ton of fun to build this. It's the type of salary cap contest that you're going to tinker with it like every day, try to find the right iteration. There's a lot of different team builds that people use and try. Um, it's a fun format that rewards uh, sort of any strategy you want to try um, in this one. But as you heard with this, I mean, again, I've I finished in the top 10 to 15 a few times. And uh, again, it's a tough contest to win. If you want some extra additional tips, you might want to contact Katie Flower, who's won it multiple times. Probably, I think, the only one that's won it multiple times. And you can find her at FF underscore Skylar 399 on Twitter. Also, I already mentioned at the beginning of the show, but the the off-season content uh, this week is going to look a little slow on the site in terms of anything but podcasts. But just know the rankings, the trade calculator, everything is coming. I'm going line by line. Every player is getting a scrubbing with their profile, their career arc, their future cast, as I like to call it there. I'm, I'm, I would say 20% through running back and all the way through uh, quarterback. Quarterback rankings are already updated on the site. Running back will come. And I'm not going to update the trade calculator until all the positions, all the players are complete because I think that's a little misguided if you're looking at trades and you're like, well, this position's updated, but this other position is not. So everything will be rolled over to 2024 soon. This is called the data bubble, uh, data cave, Excel, Excel uh, cave for me uh, this time of year. And it's time that I always remember kind of just being on my computer, doing Excel stuff and uh, going through things when I'm watching uh, glorious uh, NFL slash playoff action there in the month of January. So again, thank you so much. It's been a great season. I've already gotten a bunch of emails and messages from folks that, uh, that found UTH very, very helpful for their 2023 success, their dynasty team builds, excited about the future in 2024 and beyond. And I always put myself last, you know, that I'm going to do everything for UTH. And then my reward is kind of going through my results and all the title game appearances and the ROI and my, my, uh, my team team results there in my dynasty portfolio. So that is to come as well. That is, uh, Those are things that I share on the UTH VIP chat room. It's also things that you get over at Patreon. Uh, it's always like the behind the scenes stuff, the projects, the um, everything that I've been working on. Right now on UTH Premium, you're getting a lot of these short 
three to 10 minute shows when I find a player interesting in terms of how their outlook looks for uh, projecting ahead expected and quality years remaining um, and their profiling. That's when you're going to get those short feature shows on players of import. And that's at the premium side of UTHDynasty.com. And then a reminder, like I said, if you want to become an auto entrant to the UTH Best Ball Contest in 2024, that is patreon.com slash UTH. And uh, it's one where you're going to get 24/7 access to the VIP chat room. We've already got a we've already got a VIP that's doing a startup draft, so following along three four rounds into that and uh, looking at the team build, looking at the player values. Uh, we're already talking about we already were talking for a month or two about stash players, but now we're going to be talking about team builds, trades here in January. So a lot of great stuff. Some of the best dynasty owners on the absolute planet. I can verify that. I've been talking with them every day for years. And again, it's just such a everyone pulling each other up and building each other up. Uh, such a productive, vibrant atmosphere for Dynasty discussion and all of us sharpening our tools together. So thank you so much for a great 2023. And here we go to 2024. As the tagline always goes, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, uh, it's it's a mantra I live by every single day for the UTH site. Uh, I started the podcast in tw- 2011. I started the website in 2014. And it has been a daily part of my life every uh, ever since. And I can't imagine not having it as an outlet for communication, a place to press record anytime I want about any topic and share my findings, share my um, my imagination, share my curiosity about Dynasty and learning and becoming a better Dynasty owner myself every single year. As the phrase goes, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those Dynasties.